0: Um, good morning. My name is Jack. Um, if you're new here at The Fold, welcome. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, we are continuing our series on the spiritual disciplines in the summer. Last week, oh thank you. I just might use it then. Maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll sit. We'll see what happens. Um, last week, CJ spoke on personal prayer, and this week, I get to kind of continue the prayer topic, talking about corporate prayer. Um, I felt like last, I, did, I wasn't here last week, but I did go back and listen to a sermon via our podcast, because every real church has a podcast, right? Um, I guess that's the world we live in, but I guess every, every person has a podcast these days. Isn't that right, Ryan? Ryan's got a podcast. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did go back and listen to his sermon uh, a couple times. It was good. He, I think really the importance of prayer not being performative um, is something that is formative. That wasn't meant to rhyme. I just came up with that. But um, yeah, I think that same idea carries over into corporate prayer in a big way because humility and honesty should be the basis that we approach prayer and that we seek the Lord together. Um, This morning, I'm gonna be reading out of Acts 4. If you'd like to turn there with me, I'm gonna... Read the scripture, and then we'll kind of talk about corporate prayer for a little bit. This morning is going to look a little different. Hope that's okay. No? Not okay. Perfect. Well, we're going to do something different anyway, whether it's okay or not. Um, So yeah, this is Peter and John. They have gone to the temple. They've healed the lame beggar. Um, They've begun to preach the gospel, the name of Jesus. And this is... um, Chapter 4, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Talk about evangelism. A lot of people. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today... For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. When they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may be spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than, than to God, you must judge. For we cannot be, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were released, they went back to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, then they quote, this is from Psalm 2. Why did the the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city... The place which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this morning, for letting us gather together today to discuss your word and the spiritual disciplines, Lord, I pray that you continue to use this to form us to be more like you. Amen. I read more than I needed to to give some context, but um, we see all through Acts, the early church they're doing a few things. They are, they're obviously gathering together to hear teaching from the apostles. They're eating together. They're like sharing in fellowship and they're praying. Um, it's interesting when we look at prayer, this is kind of like juxtaposed with last week, CJ talked about in Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you pray, um, go into your room, shut the door, do it, basically his instruction is like, go get yourself alone. Um, the point of that being, people were praying as like this performative, performative act, and it's not supposed to be performative. It's supposed to be praying through humility and honesty with God. Um, this is almost like a separate thing, but just as important. When we gather, when we pray, a lot of things happen. The first thing that happens is, you see here in this text, after everyone prayed, they were unified. Praying together brings unity because when we pray in agreement to the glory of God, we're coming together unified as one mind, one heart, one soul for the purpose of the glory of God. I remember... I've led worship for 18 years now, um, in some capacity. Not always, like, the one singing or, like, leading, but in some capacity have led worship for, like, the majority of my life. Some of the most powerful moments of worship didn't involve music or a stage. But some of the most powerful moments of worship that I've encountered the Holy Spirit have been in circles of people that were just time spent praying and um, hearing each other's needs and just surrounding each other in encouragement. And I think that one thing that's been so formative in my life, more than I think I ever realized until like studying this topic and probably just the last few years of my walk, has been Prayer is so vitally important to the life of the believer. I remember when the church—the church that I grew up in—we would always have Wednesday night prayer meeting. Um, it's just kind of what we did. I, you know, you came to came to church on Sunday mornings and went to Sunday school, and Wednesday night was prayer meeting. And uh, I have this distinct memory. There was a, I think CJ, last week CJ told a story about a guy in his church named Floyd. Well, the Floyd at my church, his name was Ted. Um, we used to affectionately refer to Ted as the Jesus funnel. <laughs> because, and the, he has a great heart. God bless him. But it, he was one of those guys, he was just like a very loud, like, um, you couldn't ignore when he was talking, he just had like such a loud, big presence, um, and we we called him the Jesus funnel because it felt like he was sucking all the Jesus out of the room for himself kind of thing, but I remember we uh, we bought a new sound system, and this wasn't why it was old, we needed a new one, but... The, the running joke was we needed a new sound system to be louder than Ted because when he would, he would sing and it would just be louder. Anyway, um, I remember that when Ted would pray, it didn't sound like Ted. It sounded like, you know, oh, omnipotent Father in heaven. And then it was almost this, Praying for him was this moment of flexing the scriptural knowledge. You know, like, I remember, the point of my story is, I remember whenever we would pray in prayer meeting, he would have to pray last because nobody wanted to pray after Ted. Um, I remember personally thinking, wow, well, I don't want to pray because I don't know that much about scripture, and I don't, I'm not able to pray like that, so I just won't pray out loud. Um, and it took me a while to realize that like, a I I think I just have, would pray differently than Ted. Not that Ted, I don't think Ted was, um, I think him personally, he didn't see it as like him like putting on this thing, I think it was just kind of his personality, you know, um i definitely I definitely didn't always have the greatest thoughts around him praying because I was young and immature and thought I was right about everything you know, but I do think when we gather together it's important to create space for people to um, enter in honestly and to be vulnerable and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this now because this today's message could be. This like weird like bait and switch for me to like promote full groups, and I'm just gonna say it now like community is important. Be in full group <laughs> because a lot of the way that we as a church carry out this discipline is in full groups. Full groups just started back this week, so if you're not in a full group, now's the chance. There'll be other chances, but now's the chance to like get plugged in, get involved, because it's important to, A, discuss, discuss Scripture and discuss the Bible with people who think differently than you and pe- with people that maybe don't share the same opinions or they might read Scripture in a slightly different way than you, and that's a good thing. You know, we don't all have to, like, have identical, like, cookie-cutter walks with Jesus, but the goal for us to gather together is to, Glorify him together, collectively, and to encourage one another to be unified in glorying God. And it's formative to hear other opinions. It's formative to hear um, what someone else is walking through and to be able to give and receive encouragement in that. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of things that corporate prayer does and how we can approach it, and then we're gonna practice it. Sound good? Feel awkward yet? Alright. So a couple things that corporate prayer we see all through all through the whole of scripture, the people of God gathering to pray, they're approaching God together, they're entering in to the presence of the Holy Spirit collectively as prayers are offered. You know, the book of Psalms, people would have used this um, as prayers, as songs to God together. The same The same thing we do here on Sunday mornings. Um, we see it again all through the New Testament. They're gathering together, they're praying. They're praying for each other's needs. They're praying for God to move Um couple things here. Number one is, I mentioned this before, unity. So when we gather and we have the collective goal to give glory to God, it unifies us. And who here has kids? Who has multiple kids? I don't have multiple kids. Um, I have one. But for those with multiple kids, how beautiful is it when your kids get along. So. <laughs> <laughs> However rare it may be, um, God loves when his kids get along. I believe that. When, when we come into agreement on something, in the world that we live in, any, bring up any topic, it's divisive. There's opposing views on everything, and sometimes we think things just because other people think differently. But when we come, as believers, when we come together and we are unified and we agree, it's beautiful and it's formative and it brings glory to God. Another way that um, corporate prayer is formative is encouragement. Um, I've seen this so many times in fold group. Someone brings a need or needs prayer over a situation, and maybe the people in the group don't necessarily have like the answer to the question or the answer to the need, but it's encouraging when you know and recognize that you're not alone. The things we walk through in life and everyone in here, even the group this size, everyone has a different experience. And it's so easy to slip into the thinking that I'm alone. But if we're in community, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable with other people around you, and to receive encouragement, it's a good reminder that we're not alone. Corporate prayer is, um, and I've seen this in my own life, is an important part of our discipleship. Think about this. Have you always known how to pray for for the believers in here? Maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but at some point, you had never prayed before or never prayed out loud, or maybe you still have never prayed out loud. When we hear other people pray, it forms the way that we pray. When we see other believers, other mature believers who are farther in their walk with Jesus, when we see them pray in a collective setting, it forms the way that we pray. This is why it's more important for all of us collectively to approach corporate prayer with humility, with honesty, because someone that hears us pray, they're learning from us. We're forming, we're forming theology by the way that we pray. We're forming truth Like the way that we see the Lord through the way we hear other people pray, it's formative. This is a key part of discipleship. The way that we pray for other people is going to inform them of how we see God. It's gonna inform them of our belief. So it's formative in our discipleship. Corporate prayer can also facilitate confession and repentance because when, we, when we're vulnerable, when we're vulnerable with needs or with struggles or with things that we're walking through in our life, that vulnerability can lead to transformation because we open the door for someone to be able to give encouragement, to point us to scripture, to point us to truth about the Lord about the situation we're walking through. The other thing that I, I've heard this said many times, and I was actually talking to Alan about this this morning, he mentioned this too, but throughout church history, every great move of God was birthed out of prayer. Not by some amazing sermon or the best band and the the biggest pyrotechnics it wasn't that it was the people of God being unified in prayer seeking the will of the Lord together so this morning this is simply how we're going to kind of going to do this you might feel awkward the social anxiety is like rising um but it's okay, because if we all approach this with humility and honesty, then we can allow it to be beautiful and formative. So here's what I want us to do. We're go- I, wanna, I want everybody to kind of get in groups, um, maybe with the people sitting around you, or I mean, this kind of whole side could be a group, I guess, but um, <laughs> everybody sits closest to the door. We can leave really fast. But I just wanna take the next five to 10 minutes and get in groups. If you don't know who to get with, somebody you know or somebody that looks friendly is fine. Um, First thing I want is for the first few minutes, if anyone has any prayer requests, if there's anything going on with you personally and you would be willing to share that with your group, then we can pray over those things specifically Second thing would be pray for our church. Spend a few minutes praying for our church, for the Lord to continue to work in us as a community and through us. And then thirdly, pray for the world that we live in, for whether it be the city we live in, the country or the world as a whole. Pray for the world that we live in and experience every day. So those three things. And then I think, all of us, I'll participate. Everybody will participate. Even the guys in the back of the room can join a group. Yes. Um, yeah. Ready, set, go. If you don't feel like, if you don't, if this is like super uncomfortable, you don't have, like, I'm not saying like everybody has to pray. I'm just saying it is formative, it is good, it is a good thing. Um, yeah. Ready, set, go.